Hello, hi everybody. Welcome to Football in General. This is Rob Case. And Trevor Koppel. Trevor, man, we both made it through an illness and just in time to make it to the wild card weekend. Sorry, excuse me. Super wild card super. weekend. Super. <laughs> super wild card weekend. This <laughs> this weekend down at the the Nassau Spectrum Center. Center, center, center. Right? I feel like it's <laughs> it's so cheesy. I, I, we've, every year we talk about the Super Wild Card Weekend name, and I hate it even more. And I'm not sure how you feel about a Monday night what, playoff game, but, ugh. You know, I don't know. Uh, well, we'll get to that in a bit. But, uh, yeah, man, you both survived some pretty uh, treacherous illnesses, bounced back completely. And, um, well, I got to tell you, it's a good day to be on the radio for us to have some news. Unfortunately for... Patriots fans, Seahawks fans, Alabama fans, Tennessee Titans fans. Um, there's been some pretty iconic coaches that have um, been fired or called it quits this week. So let's get your reaction. Um, let's start off with the biggest one. We're not going to talk about college football just because, you know, it's not part of football in general. It's NFL football in general. It should be more specific, Pacific in the specific, in the specific, in the Pacific. Um, Bill Belichick. Reportedly, and they did a press conference earlier today, two of them actually, one at 2 and one at noon, um, uh, Eastern time, amicably split from the New England Patriots. Robert Kraft's calling it today. They had a press conference. It was actually it was sad. You know, I listened to it, didn't see it. Um, but everybody's going to know my take on it, so let's start with yours. Trevor, what was your reaction to the amicable split, reportedly, um, from Bill Belichick from the New England Patriots today? Uh, well, I got to say that it was not in the least uh, surprising. Um, I feel like we've seen this coming for a while now. Um, so so there was no shock value to it. Some of these that we'll get to in a moment, I was a little more surprised. Um, but uh, but no, this, this you know we we as fans of the league, fans of the sport, we've seen the writing on the wall for a while now, so it wasn't a, a shock. Um, and, and, you know, at this point, you know, intermittently throughout the afternoon and into the evening, uh, I've just kind of had, uh, a, a fun time looking at it from a real, I don't know, entertainment type perspective. Cause he, I feel like we're watching history right now. He's arguably the greatest head coach in the history of the sport. Uh, certainly, uh, the most successful, um, was it six? Super Bowl victories, nine Super Bowl appearances, and a 24-year career, and I think he's number two on the all-time wins list for NFL wins by a head coach. Um, so it's it's uh, it's a milestone for the sport, and uh, and man, it's it's crazy to look back at some of his early successes and being like, wow, he was. I, I don't know if you could call him a young man, but a younger man, uh, quite a bit younger, 24 years younger. And uh, it's, uh, it's in a word, it's monumentous. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a, there's many adjectives to describe it, verbs, possibly, nouns, you know, if there's any other possible, you know, word definitions out there, but it was hearing it. So I heard it on the radio and I came, I was driving home tonight. Didn't get a chance to hear it live. Unfortunately, didn't see it on Twitter either. It was very busy, but I heard it on the radio. Um, I, I don't, I don't know what the right word is. It didn't feel right. You know, you feel like Bill Belichick should have finished his career in new England. You feel like Brady should have finished his career in new England, considering the amount of success they both had together and separately and what have you. Um, or even just looking at them both in a vacuum, you know, without each other, both very successful in the right, rightful positions, and neither does, you know. Um, it right. was weird when Brady signed with the Buccaneers. It'll be weird when Belichick, I, I assume, um, coaches again or whatever he does, right? Because he's not done. I think that's obvious. He's not done, right? Um, and that's not even just coming from a New England Patriots fan. To me, if I had to describe it as a New England Patriots fan – it was sad. 
I, I, you know, as much as I've talked smack on this podcast and just in general with some of my friends and texted, you know, my brother, different people, um, a couple of my friends in, back home, it's sad that it happened, you know? It wasn't like he went out on top. He's still 15 wins from the 15 wins from the wins record. It wasn't like he had a really good season. They or they they went to the playoffs and it was just you know what, Bill. It's just maybe it's just time. It was he went four and 13. The team was bad and they've been bad for four years. Other than one year when they went to the playoffs and got blown out by Buffalo. You know, right? It's. It's sad that he has to go out like this, and it's sad that the media treated it the way it, he did, and it's sad that it wasn't amicable. I think that's pretty obvious given his comments earlier in the week. It wasn't amicable. So, they've, I mean, that's the way it ends. And I think if you look back at a lot of the coaches in history, Chuck Knoll, um, you know, uh, Shula, right, um, Jimmy Johnson, Trying to think of some of the really good coaches that Tom Landry, right? Sure. I, you wonder if any of those are amicable, um, or if they just got to a point where they just couldn't coach anymore, and they just got forced out, and nobody, they just couldn't take them. The ownership, the media, they just couldn't do it anymore in that market, and it was just better for them to leave. It's just sad, man. You said greatest coach in the NFL. This is how it ends. You you like to think of it ending in a different way. Um, it, you, you know, everybody has an image in their head now of this moment of him hugging Kraft at the end and choking up about talking about the fans. Although a lot of other things felt contrived in the press conference, it's it's weird to say that he's not going to be coaching New England next year. We have a new coach, and it's weird to say that New England probably won't be relevant for two or three years given their ability to be on top for the last 20, almost quarter of a decade, you know? No, absolutely. Um I think uh, I think he's. I mean, obviously, he's an undeniable piece of the puzzle that that was the the New England greatness for so long. Um, because man, you you take away this future Hall of Fame coach that just you know always found a way to keep him competitive. Uh, you know, places like New England and Green Bay and Buffalo. Uh, they're not places that people want to go to uh, and put roots down. And uh, Belichick definitely flipped that on its head. It was a place that players wanted to go to um, because they knew that they could be a part of something, you know, to to say the least, something competitive. Um, So, you know, I think places like uh, New England and, and these, you know, small market, far north teams, uh, you need a draw. You need a reason for players to say, like, this is going to be a career-making move for me, so I'll put up with the cold. Um, The taxes. Absolutely. So uh, all that stuff. And, uh, and yeah, it's... it it opens a real big question mark for the immediate future. Like you said, the next two or three years, like what's uh, what's the team going to look like? What's the culture going to look like? How are they going to stack up with that with that division? Um, so yeah, it's uh, it, you know I, I I said already that that him leaving at the end of this season wasn't a shock to me. Um, there are aspects of it that are only hitting me now uh and and to kind of bleed into the 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 coaches we're about to talk about the nfl feels like it's entering a pretty high state of flux with all these uh coaching changes uh and that's not something that i had mentally prepared for that's not you know that's that's an aspect of it that is kind of catching me off guard well, I mean, let's continue to talk about the, what you would call the, the end of an era. Is that the term you would use? Absolutely. A 24-year yeah. career? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, not only him, but Pete Carroll. You know, no, Seattle. yeah, Pete, Pete Carroll. Uh, and yeah. and I be, correct me if I'm wrong, Pete Carroll is retiring. He's not looking for future coaching opportunities. 
Um, right. So that's definitely the end of an era. And, you know, I'm big enough to admit how big he was to the sport. Never been a fan. Never liked him. But, uh, man, he he really brought USC back to relevance. I hated him for it, but he did. Um, won a national championship. Um, program really hasn't been the same since he left. It was already kind of falling into obscurity. Given, I mean, it has a huge history, that program, and he, he restored it and moved on and made the Seahawks something that they had never been before, which was a Super Bowl-winning team. Uh, so, you know, he's in real elite company there to, to reach the highest level of success at both the college and pro level. And, and now he's stepping away. Uh, he's, he's been a big name in the sport my whole life. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it definitely is, uh, I'm going to try not to say this too many times this podcast, but it's a momentous, uh, happening right now with, uh, with these coaches, moving on or stepping away entirely. Do you think, I mean, we've talked about, I gave you my feelings on Bill, and I, I kind of feel the same way about Pete, but in a different way because I'm right there with you. I just, <laughs> you know, rah, rah, Pete Carroll. I, I don't know. You know, it's Yeah, talk about, know. Uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of similarities, but in a lot of ways two very, very opposite uh, coaching styles. Right. Um yeah, that's that is for sure. You couldn't get any more opposite. Um, what what do you think people will think of of this moment? Because you know it's it's rare that three iconic coaches you throw Saban in there because he'll he'll get lumped in just because he's the Belichick of um, co- college football. You know, arguably, arguably, um, yeah, arguably, and 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 him and Bill are good friends, and he was defensive coordinator on the, the Browns and the. The '90s when Bill was there, so I, you know, I guess you could say they have a lot of history. And Pete Carroll was for, was in New England, you know, the the coach for Belichick took over. So a lot of the they're all tied, intertwined in some way, shape, or form. Um, it, what do you think people will think of, or will what conclusion will they draw, or what would they think of when they think of these three coaches, all you know, and exiting the sport at the same time, it's potentially with Belichick? We don't know yet, but I mean. You think he's going to get another job? I think that's the thing. It's 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 obviously going to get another job. But let's just say he doesn't, or in this case, like wherever he goes, he doesn't have equal success. And you can look back at this moment where three coaches left. What do you think? What do you think people think of? I mean, it it's it's definitely a benchmark uh, in the history books. I mean, uh, yeah, Saban definitely is the Belichick of college football. He's got, I think, seven. Uh, national championships with Alabama, which is just bonkers. Um, yeah, LSU too, right? Anyone won with LSU? I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it's uh, it's just crazy. Um, it's definitely you know these guys can't do it forever. Um, and I you know I know like. You know, these aren't my teams, so I can't speak for the fans. But you really can't ask more of of somebody like these three guys. Uh, they've they've given their respective fan bases so much uh, to be thankful for. So it's uh, it's it's you know, to put it lightly, it's going to be bittersweet uh, because. You know, these guys are going to go down as some of the biggest names ever in the sport, let alone their respective programs. And uh, and now time marches on, and it's going to be part of the past. Um, as someone who grew up during the Tom Osborne era, it comes a lot faster than you expect. Uh, those, you know... Those uh, I don't want to say that the Huskers had a dynasty, but they were a dominant team in the 90s, and it felt like it would never end. And then it ends, and you think, oh, uh, we'll get back to it. And then 20 years goes by, and you haven't gotten back to it. Um, not saying that's definitely going to be the case for any of these teams. Uh, but, man, it's it, it definitely is something that's difficult as a fan to be ready for. That, that that is a 
chapter in the history books now. Um, what about um, like, like Mike Vrabel? I mean, he's like he's like a writer <laughs> on all this news, you know? Right, right. He out um, had three. Well, what four? Four winning seasons in Tennessee, three successful years in the playoffs. Um, you know, I, for, arguably, I mean, a lot of people have praised him as one of the best coaches in the NFL. Uh, just had a really unfortunate situation with the GM there and ran Carthon, and they picked him over Vrabel at the end of the day. Um, you know, what do you, uh, what do you, what do you take? What, what's your perspective on his firing? Well, and that Mike so Rabel. that one was a little more of a surprise. I don't want to say shock um, because he hasn't had a good last couple of years. Um, but that one was more of a surprise because I do think he has a great reputation as a head coach. Um, there's there's no kind of situation like they have in in uh, in L.A. right now with the Chargers where it's like well, look at everything you have and you haven't done anything with it. Um, so they're moving on from Staley, uh, but, uh, or I expect them to No, did they already? That was a mid season one. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so with, uh, with, with Vrabel, uh, that, that was not the situation. It was like, what, what did he really have to work with these last couple of seasons? Not a lot outside of, uh, a future hall of fame running back who is also moving on from that team. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it. I feel like with Vrabel, I expect him to get scooped up. I expect him to be a head coach again real soon, possibly next season. I uh, wouldn't be surprised at all if he was a head coach somewhere else next season and uh, could be a blessing in disguise if he can continue to be uh, you know, the, the coach that we know his reputation to be which is to just be, you know, really sound fundamentals and and being a leader that his players really go all out for. Um, it could be a good thing for him, but that was one of the ones I was a little surprised by. Uh, yeah, I I'm trying to, I'm trying to say I was surprised by it. I I don't, you know, I... I just think I think the well. What do you, let's let's talk about this. I mean, briefly, kind of touch base on it. What do you do? You think do you think a defensive head coach has any spot in the NFL right now? I mean, you talk about Rabel. Even him as a leader of men, right? Great leader of men, right? That's what keep, people kept calling him on Twitter. Robert yeah. Griffin the third called him one of the best coaches in the NFL. I mean, he but he doesn't coach offense in an offensive league. Um, so regardless of what his leadership is or the players play for him. It's not the most important element of the NFL, the NFL game anymore. So, um, you know, it's it's sort of antiquated to have this leader of men and this defensive-minded coach if the league's trending in the other direction. I mean, what, like, you know, what, what, what's, where do you, where do you go from there? I mean, what, how do you, you know, you know where the, where does the defensive-minded coach have his place in, in the NFL these days? I think that's probably the ultimate you know, job interview question for Vrabel. And I'd love to hear, yeah. uh, hear him try to answer your question. Um, because I, I don't let's have bring a good answer for that one. Yeah. yeah. Let's uh, bring on our next guest. <laughs> yeah. He's not doing much these days. Mike Vrabel. <laughs> he's, <laughs> yeah. he's available. Can you believe it? <laughs> um, right. But, uh, I mean, uh, the best I can come up with, uh, trying to answer that question is that, uh, uh, you know, he can still, you know, that, that leadership is still meaningful, but to be successful in this league, uh, he's going to need one hell of an OC, uh, one heck of a, a offensive staff. Um, and, and at that point, you know, those people are going to get head coaching opportunities of their own. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, when I look back on it, I'm, I'm amazed that, uh, uh oh what's his name uh the vikings coach before our current coach uh he was a defensive oh, guy zimmer. zimmer zimmer thank you zim yep. sorry zim. zim um but uh the fact that zimmer was able to keep kevin stefanski on the staff for as long as he did before right. they were finally just couldn't hold on to him anymore 
and now he's now he's in the playoffs with Joe Flacco. Um, but we'll get to that later. Um, you know, it, that that's what it'd take, I think, for a guy like Rabel. He needs a Kevin Stefanski offensive coordinator, somebody who it's only a matter of time before they do get a, a head coaching position of their own. Right. Yep. No, I agree. I, I just um... – Okay, you need an offensive coordinator. <laughs> well, you can't just hire one, you know, because then you just might as well just hire him as a head coach. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So, so <laughs> what? So, um, how do you get an offensive coordinator if you're a defensive guy as a head coach? You know, I think that's. I, I don't know. I, I guess that's a good. That's a good question. So you have to think. Arthur Smith, right, got fired from uh, Atlanta after a terrible meltdown at the end of the New Orleans game. You know. Or you try yep. to fight Dennis Allen at midfield. It's crazy. Um, you have to think that he'll probably go with, you know, with uh, Vrabel wherever he goes just because he was such a good fit in Tennessee with him. And he, when he propped up Ryan Tannehill, he's probably a better OC than people give him credit for, even though he didn't use any of the Atlantic players to their fullest extent. I mean, you got a guy who's right. playing freak playing tight end. He's got 600 yards, and that's crazy. But, um, you know, it's – I guess you have to think that, but, I mean – See, that's a, I think that's the the fallacy, sort of, in thinking that like, okay, well we'll just we'll fire hire Vrabel, we'll get an OC. Well, who is the OC? Why not just get him? Because if Vrabel, is Vrabel really that good that you need him at head coach? You know, I, I'm not saying Vrabel's a bad coach. I, I, I think by all accounts he's great, but I I don't. I mean, what's the ceiling on Vrabel as opposed to okay, we get, let's go get like a tight pants Sean McVay type guy. At my OC, you know, as my head coach, I mean, say that'll develop my quarterback. That's what wins the games. That's what gets us in good position. We can always just draft players for defense. We can find somebody that is just deep, good enough to get us over the hump coaching wise. Um, you know, uh, but then you get a guy like D'Amico Ryans in Houston. So it's, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you look at all these teams, D'Amico Ryan, Sean McDermott, Right, defensive-minded head coach. Some succeed, some don't. Um, is there, regardless, how far are they going to go? Are they going to go to the AFC Championship game? That's it. You know, I, right? I don't know. I don't know. And you, you know, because it's it's not. That's just the way the league trends. So I, I you know, what I'm saying, man, it's hard. I, I just, I would like to think Vrabel's going to get another job. It might be in New England, Seattle, right, wherever. He's going to coach again. But what's the – if it was me, we talked about this with, like, Derek Carr over the summer. Derek Carr from, like, Jimmy Garoppolo and stuff, like all these sidesteps. And, like, are you really going to contend? Are you going to go to the wild card? Well, what are you, what are you going to do with defensive mind head coach? <laughs> where, where are you going to go? Yeah. Uh, I mean, probably have a I, – I, it's, it's really difficult to talk about these head coaches as, like, yeah. a bridge player. Um, yeah, you know, like, like we're trying to figure out our quarterback situation. So we'll bring in Ryan Tannehill for now. Um, but that's, I mean, from, from the perspective that, that you're using it, that's what it feels like is, uh, you know, Seattle could bring in Vrabel, but they're going to be trying to get their own Sean McVay, eventually their own Kevin O'Connell, their own, uh, you know, whoever, you know, some, young offensive minded coach um because that's that's the way these things are going now uh unless you've got an aging offensive minded coach like like andy reed or somebody i don't i don't know you know we'll have to just keep an eye on it moving forward as i can say here but um you know, you wonder what the ceiling is going to be like with C.J. Stroud with in Houston with D'Amico Ryan's head coach if they can't keep some offensive consistency at, at, at head coach, I mean, at coordinating positions because that's what happens, man. We see it happen a lot, right? We get the defensive-minded head coach, some sort of head coach that's not really offensive-minded. They take the O.C. away from him who's doing really good with the rookie quarterback, second-year, third-year guy, and that's it. And then that quarterback just falls off. <laughs> and that happens a lot, you know? Um and that's why it's it's so it's such a dangerous game to play when you don't have an offensive coordinator type guy that's just like like I said a good developer got a good game plan, um, really good with the 
good at working with quarterback. And then all of a sudden, right, he's not going to go anywhere. So at least that is consistent for his development because he's calling the plays and he's in the quarterback's ear. But if that goes away, then you got three or four different guys in three or four years. Then you're drafting a new guy. And that's what's happened in Chicago for like the last 40 years. Jeez, <laughs> so, right? right? And, and Minnesota, to some degree, right? Just oh, yeah. Degree. No, we, we've been... Um, We've been through that, uh, man. Uh, uh, you know, when when a team like Tampa Bay or uh, or Denver, you know, bring in a Tom Brady or a Peyton Manning and win a Super Bowl, uh, man, the Vikings yeah. tried that. We tried that with Donovan McNabb. Uh, we tried it with Brett Favre, um, yeah. and it's like, yeah, when when you can't figure out that piece of the puzzle it 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 can really snowball on you and it's like when was the last time we had any consistency there and well yeah. as a vikings fan uh kirk cousins you know that's that's the most ability we've had in a long time uh and now it's gone and gone with the wind <laughs> right right so it's um you know man it's interesting well, we will see what happens. Um, yeah. Oh, <laughs> this yeah. head coach search, man. I know. We'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. And um, I, I'm, I'm sure some of these spots will be filled by the end of the playoffs or next week. Because I would think, you know, how long can you go without a head coaching spot? Oh, it's it's you an know? important situation gotta, to get resolved. Got to get um, it quick, right? Yeah. There's really, you know, every other important step in the off season comes after that. Uh, so yeah, it, it needs to get figured out fast for these teams. No question. Well, man, we got some teams that want to figure out their stuff, right? They want to win. They want to get to the next round and they want us to talk about them. How lucky can we be? You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's how lucky we are. I think there's some, uh, I think there's some good games this, this week, man. Uh, what do you, what do you think? Okay. Before we get to it, right. What do you, what is your opinion? Just because I brought it up earlier of a Monday night football wildcard game. First off, we getting too much football in three days or is this something we need? Can we just get three on three? Like, like old I mean, school it, or what, what do you it, think? It, it felt a little more like the playoffs to have three on Saturday, three on yep. Sunday, um, I know having six wild card games is still relatively new, um, but yeah, uh, uh, having a playoff game on a Monday night, it I can't say there's a specific reason that I don't like it. It yep. just feels strange. Um, yep. It it it's a Monday night playoff game. It's, it's weird. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't like it. <laughs> So, I you know, it, okay, the NFL, man, you took you, you take four or five months out of my life. Not that I don't like the NFL, but I'm just saying. And then you take Monday. Okay, sometimes Tuesday. Thursday and Friday. Thursday. Saturday, Sunday at times. You know, it's – okay. And um, the continuity of the playoffs, I mean, you want it – you want these games to be good, right? So then you add in a seventh playoff team and then you got – in each conference, they got 14 teams in the playoffs. And as we've seen over the last couple of years, that hasn't worked out in their favor. The, the games have been terrible for the seven seeds. You know, they just get blown Ab- out. Absolutely. Basically. Um, yeah. And so that hasn't worked out. <laughs> and then you put in, you put them on Monday, and if whoever wins that gets a short week, and they're playing a bad game, you know. Um, that happened last year. And so I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I, it's prime time, but these games are prime time. They're all prime well, times, and the playoffs. I'll, I'll tell you what just popped into my head that, that makes me not like it. Um, yeah. You know, in in the regular season with Monday night games and Thursday night games, long weeks, Golly. short weeks, um, you know, we chalk up the advantage or disadvantage of being on a long week or a short week as just something that evens out over the course of a season. You know, everybody deals with it. Um, but this is the playoffs and I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to play on a Monday night, uh, and then be ready to play next Saturday. Um, 
yeah, I don't like the idea of either of these teams, whoever wins, is now moving forward in the playoffs on a short week. Um, I think that's at this point in the season. I mean, the playoff, it's the playoffs. I, I don't think that's something that players and coaches should have to contend with. Right. I agree. So there you go. I, I I've landed on, I, I don't like it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head. It gives one team an unfair advantage eventually. So, and, uh, but I, I just, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I think the continuity, I look, I'm old school. I've said this on this podcast quite a bit. I don't like change. <laughs> um, and I, I, yeah, I just don't like the idea of a Monday. It's all prime time. Just throw it on Saturday. It's fine. It's fine being on Saturday. All right. And it's going to be, we're going to get a couple bad games anyway. You know, looking at this slate, I think this is probably the most even weekend of wildcard football we've had in a long time, if I had to say it, from just like first glance. And I could be completely wrong. Some of these games can be very bad. <laughs> they have, they have potentially bad in a couple positions, you know? Um, oh, yeah. But I, yeah, don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good with a Monday night primetime game. I'm good, you know. Just want to watch it on the weekends. Get me three games in a row. Just sit on my ass, you know. Eat some, <laughs> eat some <Right>. food. <laughs> it's cold. I will stay inside. That's fine with me. And then sit on my ass again the next day. So it's all good. Um, but regardless, um, well, we need to talk about the games, right? I mean, that's what we're here for. So uh, we're going to get into it, man. This is... The first game, and uh, boy, was this a surprise. The Houston Texans end up getting a home playoff game, all because of the futility of the Jacksonville Jaguars. But nonetheless, it's the Cleveland Browns at the Houston Texans. Joe Flacco's first playoff game in uh, many years. Um, Two-point favorite to Cleveland. Over-under, 44-and-a-half. And t- Trevor, you, if you didn't know it, you'll know it now. You can get tickets to go to this wild-card playoff game for $80 in Houston, which no, is really I, wild considering how much of a, playoff, well, a football town that is. But I don't want you know. to go off on a tangent here, but looking at tickets as low as on all these games, yeah, there's only one wild card playoff game that's more expensive than the regular season Broncos game that I went to this year. Um, it's just, I'm very shocked. So I'm glad you brought yeah. that up. Um, $81 to go see these two teams play in the playoffs is a steal. Uh, and, uh, it's not the cheapest one out there this weekend. Um, but, uh, but no, I'm, I'm, I think this is a great one to kick off the weekend. Um, no pun intended. Uh, but, uh, Hey, hey. um, I'm pretty excited for this. Uh, you know, I, 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 you guys know that I'm a Kevin Stefanski fan. Uh, a lot of people know that I've I've always been a uh, kind of a pseudo uh, fan of uh, uh, gosh it's it's been a long day guys um, hmm. Joe Flacco I've, I've never uh, minded Joe Flacco doing well um, if they don't win uh, it'll be a first for Joe Flacco a wild card loss uh, he's five and zero in the wild card round. Um, Good stat. The, uh, yeah, the Texans, uh, I love to see this because I felt like, you know, it's still not that long ago that they were dealing with just a horrible situation uh, with uh, uh, Deshaun Jackson and uh, Deshaun, Watson. Deshaun Watson. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything that was going on there. And now, you know, what, three three years removed from, from when it all, when, when he stopped playing for them. Um, and, uh, and here they are in the playoffs against uh, Deshaun's new team. Um, so, so there's a little bit of, you know, NFL uh, soap opera aspect to this team or to, sorry, to this game. Uh, so, so I like the drama there. I like the story here. Um I do, I do agree with Vegas on this one. I think the Browns, I think they're going to move on here. But I, I like what the Texans are doing uh, with a young guy like C.J. Stroud. Man, uh, win or lose this weekend, the Texans have uh, 
a lot of reasons to to see uh, a bright future for their team. Uh, and you got to love that, especially with, with where they were. Like I was saying, a, a few years ago, things were just so bad. And I'm sure that fan base really wanted to hit fast forward on the whole experience. But here you are. You've got a young, amazing quarterback again. Uh, you're in the playoffs. And uh, single elimination, the sky's the limit. They, they could prove me wrong. But I'm going to take the – excuse me, I'm going to take the Browns uh, and with a two-point spread, I'll take them to beat that spread. I like them to win by a field goal or better. Um, the 44-and-a-half over-under, I'm going to take the over here. Um, I do like the Browns' defense, um, but, uh, man, the Texans, they've got some electric young players, uh, especially that quarterback. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I think this one goes over. I'm taking the over. Um, they played three weeks ago. Uh, Cleveland won 36-22. Amari Cooper went for 265 yards, 11 catches, two touchdowns. Um, kind of an important stat to point out because I think, uh, you know, pretty pretty young Houston secondary, Derek Stingley Jr. I don't believe, I don't know if he's playing this week, but I tell you what, one, team, one guy they didn't have in that game, though, was C.J. Stroud. They, they rolled out your boy Case Keenum, right? My, my boy and, Case Keenum, love <laughs> love seeing him yeah. play in Houston. Yeah, right. And, and long long bottleneck Kirk Cousins. That's who you got, Davis Mills. Right. So right. Uh, no CJ. Oh no, CJ Stroud that game. CJ Stroud this game. Expected to be a lot closer. One thing to keep an eye on as far as the Texans win. Uh, potentially four players in the, the Cleveland Browns secondary might be out. Mike Ford, Denzel Ward, Juan Thornhill, and Grant Delpit thrown on injured reserve, so they could be without their starting two corners and starting two safeties. We'll be out, be without one of them at the very least. Um, that's kind of that's a that's a big uh, that's it's a big storyline, man. Because if you think about okay, C.J. Stroud's back. The secondary played really well against Houston in the first matchup, three interceptions. Now you got C.J. Stroud in. Secondary's banged up for Cleveland. The over is certainly guaranteed in that at that point. And um, it could be a big, day, big game for um, Houston, potentially. So um, I like that storyline going into it. Now, with that being said, uh, a really good Cleveland defense. So potentially on the under, keep that in mind, um, considering how good they've been playing. With a 36-22 win, a couple weeks ago, Joe Flacco's been playing his, you know, his best football probably in years, if not since 2014, when he won to the Super Bowl, what, 2013? Went to the Super Bowl, got that big contract, right? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Got a 90 QBR, highest QBR rating in the league um, this year against Houston a couple weeks ago. And something else to keep an eye on for this game, Jerry Hughes is out ankle um, for Saturday's game against the Browns. I know that doesn't make like a big world of difference. Pure pass rusher, big veteran presence on that defensive line and that, uh, that defense in general. So it's without him, um, I think that will be like a big void in leadership. I'm going to take Cleveland. Taking Cleveland. Don't care about the secondary. I think Flacco lights it up. <laughs> no, um, that's what I mean. I think they, they you know, rested Amari Cooper. Um, I like it. Before before they rested Amari Cooper in the last week of the season, um, yep. he showed real chemistry with Flacco. Um, yep. And uh, and I, like I've already said, I'm a, I'm a big believer in Kevin Stefanski. Uh, he knows how to... Uh, go deep into the playoffs with with whatever he's working with. Uh, I'm referring to taking Case Keenum to the NFC Championship game. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I like the Browns uh, this wild card weekend. Cedric Tillman, wide receiver, uh, out as well. Um, wide receiver for the Browns, rookie, Tennessee burner. Um, I still think it'll be close. And yeah, I'm gonna take Cleveland too, man. I, on the road, they're three and five, but I still think. Just because Flacco's veteran presence and his ability to play on the road in wild card rounds, five and zero, I'll take him, take him right with you, Trev. I'm right there. I'm right there with you. A couple of guys, a couple of Cleveland guys here. Okay, the Miami Dolphins at the Kansas City Chiefs, a five point favorites of Kansas City. Over under forty three and a half. Trevor, one degree, one ah. degree, weather, Fahrenheit. <laughs> um, 
you know, at playoff, at uh, at kickoff time, excuse me, having a hard time with words right now, $53 if you want to go to this game this weekend, by the way. Short drive for you, eight hours to Kansas City if you want to go. Um, <laughs> I tell you what, um, you couldn't find two teams that are basically in the same position going into the playoffs, uh, playing each other in the first round, but, you know, Miami hasn't beaten a winning team all year, and Kansas City just can't seem to get out of their own way in terms of making mistakes and really crucial moments and kind of sleepwalking through some games. That's why I think actually Kansas City won this game, among other reasons. But I just think, man, they've been to the Super Bowl, what, two out of three, two of the last three years. Um, right? Right? Two out of the last three years. And they've Absolutely. won three out of the last five. Three out of the last five, two of the last three. Two and one in those games. I think they were just sleepwalking through the regular season at the end. I, I really do think that you're going to see a different Kansas City Chiefs game uh, team on Sunday. Saturday. <laughs> what day is it? Well, it, on Saturday. Would, uh, it would need to be. Um, yep. Man, the, the Chiefs, the way the Chiefs have been playing in December, it's just bad. Um, it, it's it's hard to explain it. Um, and one of two things is going to happen. They're, they're either going to get it all figured out right in time to be the postseason Chiefs that we've come to expect – or they're going to show themselves to not be the next Patriots dynasty, um, which is a long shot in and it's in and of itself. Um, and that's kind of where I'm leaning. I think this is a return to earth first round exit for the chiefs. This oh, isn't wow. their year. This isn't their year. Um, I, I think it's going to be tough. I think, I think the dolphins, are limping into the playoffs, literally. Um, They've they've kept Tua healthy this year. They fixed that piece of their puzzle. We said it all offseason. He needs to learn how to fall down. They need to protect him. They've done that. He's done that. He's played uh, mistake-free football. And when I say mistake-free, I mean not letting himself get taken out due to injury. Uh, Because I did think that some of his concussions last season – were prevent he could have prevented some of his concussions last season. I've said that, um, and so they they they've got that sorted out. Uh, they've got an absolute Olympic track team on offense, and and that side of it is looking pretty healthy right now. But they've they've just they've run out of names on defense. I mean, every other week they're losing two starters in this you know the secondary the d line uh and, and now with van ginkle out uh, they've got christian wilkins and not much left on defense and i i love christian wilkins but uh but they're going to have to win every game they have left that they can win it's going to be a shootout cuz the defense isn't going to be there for them um it's going to it's they're going to do the best they can uh, uh, one degree, I think, actually does kind of help the team that's struggling on defense. Um, but uh, but yeah, they're they're gonna have to rely on uh, Chan, Mostert, uh, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, all these guys. They're gonna have to step up for four quarters and. And that's what I'm putting my money on in this game. I think it's going to be close, but I'm taking I'm taking both away teams on Saturday. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Miami. Uh, okay. So let's go over the injury since you brought up one right from Miami. Andrew Van Ginkle placed into reserve January 9th. Jerome Baker January 9th. Uh, starting middle linebacker. Phenomenal player for them. Cameron Good. I assume a. Reserve linebacker on injury reserve. Bradley Chubb on injury injury reserve. A um, couple weeks before that, starting guard Connor Williams uh, placed on injured reserve. And uh, as of today, Xavion Howard placed on injured reserve. Um, out for the playoffs. Trevor, that's six. That kind of six. Let's see. Here oh, that's two, that's four. not even. Really that, that's not even everything. It, it goes all no, the way back Jaylen, to uh, their own Jaylen torn Phillips. Achilles. Jalen Phillips, right. absolutely. Yep. He might seven, be the biggest seven, one. Seven starters on injury he, reserve. Jalen Phillips was having a year, and that, that goes all the way back to their matchup with Las Vegas. Um, right. 
that mid-season stuff. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, they've got Christian Wilkins. They've got, uh, oh, what's the guy from, from Jacksonville? He's a lockdown corner. Um, yeah. um, Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Jalen Ramsey. Um, so, so they've got a couple of guys left, but I think they just brought like three dudes out of retirement to play linebacker for this game. Um, yep. so, just, so it's just, uh, yeah, yeah just give me a break. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's difficult for me to see either of these teams, uh, going much farther than this weekend. I, I just think it's not in the cards for these two teams. Um, and, and that's a tough pill to swallow for these fan bases. Uh, you know, if you're the dolphins, you've been, you've been building towards this for, I mean, they've been putting that defense together for five seasons now, and it's gotten better every year. And this was the year that they were going to have a really good defense. They have a really good defense and it's just falling apart down the stretch here. And, uh, and the Chiefs, I've already said my piece with that one. It just, it's not clicking right now, and and they could flip the switch. It's postseason. It's time to get real. But I just don't see that being the case in this league. I mean, you're trying to flip that switch every week. Every week's a big game in this league. Um, and I think I think the Chiefs are a good team. They're a playoff team. Uh, they're a division champion. But uh, I just I I don't think this is their season. I don't think that they're going to be in the Super Bowl half the time, uh, the way the Patriots were. Wow. Well, I'm flattered as a Patriots fan that you would say that. But well, um, it's just end, it's. Uh, I mean, at a certain point, it's, it's an, a statistical anomaly. It's just the the the, right. the the league is too good. Right. Right. Um. Well, as a uh, as an analyst and a football in general podcast um, creator and co-host, I will tell you, I'm picking the Kansas City Chiefs. I, you're out of your mind. <laughs> you must be out of your mind. Um, <laughs> it's, it's Kansas City. I mean, come on, seven seven starters on you know six one defense. I, yeah, it's Kansas City. Miami can't play on the road in the cold. No way. Sorry. Don't care if they're limping. Don't know if Kansas City will make it past divisional round against Baltimore, but um, we'll see that next week. Because um, uh, we'll get into it next week. Because we don't need to talk about it now. Because <laughs> we don't even know. We don't even know what they're going to play them. But regardless, it's Kansas City, and uh, I don't have to say more than that. It's just Miami couldn't even play against Buffalo in Buffalo, and they couldn't stop. They tried to stop Josh Allen, and they just kept shooting themselves in the foot. Um, I think you get too rattled to get him some pressure, which you know Spagnolo kind kind of, you know he'll um, he'll turn up the heat in the de- on, in, uh, in postseason on defense like he usually does every year on all these quarterbacks. The, the Chiefs, yeah, I think this is it, man. I mean, is it their swan song as far as potential dynasty? I don't know. You always have Mahomes, you'll be in it. But um, I tell you what, they did. I thought they slept walk through the end of the regular season. I think you're going to see a different Chiefs game, Chiefs team on Sun Saturday. I did it again. I have no idea what day it is anymore. Okay, moving on. The Pittsburgh Steelers at the Buffalo Bills. A 10-point favorite to Buffalo, over under 35-and-a-half. And this may sound strange when I say this, but if there was a team that was going to play Buffalo in the first round, I would think, other than Cleveland, um, I think Pittsburgh is actually a pretty good matchup for Buffalo, considering what they have. However, no T.J. Watt. No T.J. Right. Watt on set Sunday, and that's a huge blow to, to Pittsburgh, and inevitably a big, you know, um, possibility while they'll they'll lose by at least double digits. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, <laughs> Mason Rudolph at quarterback too. So, what are you? Yeah, uh, yeah, one? my boy Mason. Boy, uh, boy, so I I'm I'm a big believer in Mason Rudolph. I think he fits that team real well. Um, I really do, uh, and I think uh, I think T.J. Watt is the determining factor for me. It's it's why the spread is ten points. Um, I like the Bills to win this one, but I'm going to take the Steelers to cover. Uh, I don't think the Bills win by ten. 
Uh, so okay. I, I like the Steelers to keep it close, but I do think the Bills will advance. It's a shame that they won't have a chance to play the early out Chiefs uh, and uh, not make it to the Super Bowl anyways. But uh, but for now, I'm taking the Bills to win this one. Uh, keep an eye on Rasul Douglas and Gabe Davis, both questionable at practice. Um, could be out for the game. Potentially, Russell Douglas was out last week uh, against Miami, although they still played a really good good game on, on defense. Um, I just, yeah. <laughs> Buffalo's the hottest team in the league. You know, all of a sudden, Buffalo and Baltimore are the two hottest teams in the league. Maybe San Francisco you could throw in there too, but five in a row. Beat some really good teams on the way to 11-6 um, and six and played Philly close and Kansas City. They had a really hard schedule, and uh, I'll take, yeah, I'll take Buffalo as well. Um, for all the reasons you said, and then I just think that Josh Allen, um, it's got to be one of the worst carousel rides you'll ever ride in your entire life. However, will somehow produce a win at the end of the day after throwing two absolutely horrible interceptions. He'll just figure <laughs> out some way to win. So right. dark horse, dark horse Super Bowl candidate. That's my um, that's my call right now. Buffalo dark horse Super Bowl candidate. So mm, Buffalo, no chance at making it to the Super Bowl, but I do <laughs> like him this weekend. <laughs> my goodness all right well we'll talk about it next week we'll see what how far they get all right <laughs> the the green bay packers at the dallas cowboys a seven point favorite of dallas over under 50 and a half the only team are they the only team that's perfect at home they might be eight no um dallas perfect at home um if you're an old school fo- football fan like trevor and i are we talk about these matchups they have nothing to do with any of the old players it's just nostalgia it's a cool story you're going to see a lot of cool graphics on the on the uh, the telecast, ultimately for this game. Um, Green Bay and Dallas, man, throwback NFL franchises here, and fun to see them in the wild card weekend. Oh yeah, I mean, anytime you get these two playing this late in the year, um, you, you got to say it. You got to say Ice Bowl. Um, that's that's one of the most iconic matchups in the history of the sport. Um, historic Lambeau Field extremely cold weather. Um, I think if this game is in Green Bay, it might change my prediction. But uh, but it's in Dallas. They are 8-0 at home this year. And I got to take the Cowboys. Um, I think they're going to win. I think the Packers are so much better than, especially me, but even most fans expected them to be this year. Uh, it makes me sick to my stomach that they seem to already have another quarterback um and that that kind of snuck up on me this season but the stats are are tough to disagree with jordan loves looking like the guy right now uh so i do like this to be a competitive game um because it's the playoffs because it's these two teams i'm going to take the packers to cover the spread i'm going to take dallas to win but by less than seven points Uh, i think this one comes down to the wire but uh, but the Cowboys move on. Uh, we didn't talk about Mike McCarthy coaching oh, his yeah. whole team. Yeah, more uh, more of that soap opera drama right there. Gotta love it. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Jair Alexander uh, sprained his ankle in practice today. I don't know if we know he's going to be ready to go. There hasn't been any um, any report on it. I would keep an eye on it though. Um, <laughs> just a weird situation with him in general on Green Bay for a variety of reasons, but. Uh, yeah, Jordan Love, hottest quarterback in the league right now, uh, arguably. What, 16 touchdowns, seven, 17 touchdowns, one interception in the last six games? Uh, well, absurd, and you know. Another yeah. another bright future, just like this uh, Houston Texans team. They've got a young quarterback, not as young, uh, but uh, young wide receivers. Uh, yeah. I, I don't have the stats right in front of me, but Jordan Love's had a great season his first season as the starter and he's hardly thrown a touchdown to a player that's been in the league for more than two years. Um, so it's, uh, it's looking good for this team. I just don't think that they're going to make it past the Cowboys in Dallas this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Tough, tough sell on the, on the road in Dallas eight. No, um, I'll go with Dallas too. I don't, I don't usually pick the spreads. Yeah. You're kind of better at that, but, uh, I could see an over, Seven point spread. Wow, I like the yeah Green Bay to cover. I think that's fair. And this one, it, it, seven point spread. Boy, boy, I don't know. 
I don't. I, can you ever trust Dallas in the playoffs? The seven point spread. I don't know if I like that. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know if I like that. Anyway, moving on. Sunday night football. It's the L.A. Rams at the Detroit Lions. A three point favorite Detroit. Over under fifty one and a half. All of a sudden, it's come full circle. Jared Goff is hosting a playoff game in Detroit against his old team and Sean McVay. And you got to, yeah. I mean, it's funny. It's funny. It's a big hat. It's funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> did you, I mean, did anybody, could, was this on the bingo board? Right, right. <laughs> um, there's, there's a lot to love about this. Um, you know, they, they swapped quarterbacks. The Rams got a Super Bowl. The Lions, they're they've got their their best shot at one in living memory. Uh, and I and I do like the Lions this weekend. Uh, but this this is probably my favorite matchup of the day, um, just because I like these two quarterbacks and I like what these teams are doing. I know the lions are a division rival of the Vikings, but they've been the doormat for so long that you can't root against them unless you are playing them. Um, and, uh, and I, 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 you know, Jared Goff has been to the mountaintop. He's yet to, to, to hoist that Lombardi trophy, but he's been there. And I, I like what the Rams are doing too. You know, they had such a terrible season last season that uh, they kind of took a lot of people, myself included, by surprise this season. Um, and, I, I, you know, I'll, I'll be cheering for either of these teams that moves on. But, uh, but right now, uh, i got to put my money on the Lions. Um, it's a three-point spread, so I'll take the Lions to, to beat that. Um, but I do think it's going to be close for four quarters. Uh, the Rams can certainly move the ball. Uh, that's never been a problem for a, a healthy Matthew Stafford. Um, and, uh, with, you know, Puka Nuka, did I say that right? That's not Puka right. Puka Nakua. Yeah. Puka Nakua. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it, I'm just really excited. I love that this is in the primetime slot Sunday night. Um, it's going to be a great game. And this is the only game that cost more than a regular season Broncos ticket. Um, tickets starting at $372. You think the Lions uh, fans have been waiting for this for decades, uh, hosting a home playoff game? Like, wow. Um, I, yeah, it's it's my favorite matchup of the week. And, uh, uh, and and there's some good ones. I like these matchups, but this is this is my favorite one. And... I think it's just going to be great football. I'm going to take the over on the 51 and a half. I think this turns into a bit of a shootout. But at the end of the day, I am going to give it to the Lions run game to get it done. Um, yeah, I think that's going to be a big factor in this one as well. Um, a kind of underrated factor. I don't know if a lot of people are talking about, but um, CJ Gardner Johnson activated off of injured reserve um, shortly after the game on Sunday. Uh, against Minnesota, and that's a big deal because he was playing excellent football earlier in the season. One of the reasons why they beat Kansas City, you know, at Kansas City, um, Detroit did, and oh, I think he what tore his bicep or something. I can't remember. And then that was uh, um, that was that week yeah. one uh, game beating Kansas City, right? Yeah, yeah, we've come a long yeah. way since then, man. Man, wow. man, yeah, the Lions yeah. have had a year. Yes, they have. Yeah, pretty impressive. Um, he was a big reason why they won that game. Got hurt. It's not been on in reserve the whole year. Going to be back against L.A., uh, presumably for the rest of the playoffs, and I think that's going to be a major impact to this Detroit defense who have kind of struggled in the secondary. I've mentioned it all season long. They've been um, kind of on the lower half of the league. Granted, they've been up in a lot of games, but um, they've, they've struggled. In, in the games they've lost, they've struggled in the secondary uh, definitively. And, um, you know, it's, it's hard to get bet against L.A. They've been scrappy. Kyron Williams has been excellent, but uh, Trevor hit the nail on the head. they got an excellent offensive line in Detroit. They should be able to control the ball against L.A. And if you look back at L.A.'s schedule, I mean, who have they beat that you would say um, would really impress you, you know? Mm. I, I don't see any really impressive wins here. 
uh, I, I'm, I'm going to take Detroit as well. Oh, they, you know, yeah, they won 6-7 at the end of the year. Um, they lost against Baltimore on the road. They played tight. It's going to be a tight game. Three-point spread makes sense. And, yeah, I'll take Detroit as well. So. Yeah, yeah, you make a good point about the Rams and who they've beaten because they they are a little bit the Dolphins of the NFC. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 10-7, really high-powered offense, but how many winning teams have they, have they uh, triumphed over? I, I can't think of one, so... There isn't one. (laughs) That's the problem. There you go. (laughs) Right? That's the problem. They beat San Francisco at the end of the year, but nobody started. So uh, even Carson Wentz played in that game. So, oh, man, moving on, our our game, our game of the week. We've talked about it at length, only because we don't want to watch it, but it's the Philadelphia Eagles at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Three-point favorite of Philly, over under 43.5. And uh, I got to tell you, man, I'm not sure what's happening to Jalen Hurts, but um, probably one of the strangest, uh, I mean, I don't know what you want to call it, falls from grace well, we'll ever see in the And NFL. this one, you know, I keep saying this is the that of the this, but yep. right now in this situation going into this week, the Eagles, I feel like I have a very similar evaluation of them that I do uh, the Chiefs right now. Um what is going on? They they they've slid so far so fast. I mean, they were ready to lock up the number one seed, and then they didn't even win their division uh, because December was that brutal. Um, and just like with the Chiefs, I can't really point to one aspect or one player and say that's the problem. Uh, but man, the Eagles are just. They're not, they're not playing competitive football like they had been. Um, I think this is going to be a really close game, and man, I'm I'm tempted to take the Bucks here, uh, just because of you know a trend like the Eagles are on right now is a hard one to buck. Uh, no pun intended. Um, huh? But uh, or maybe I intended it a little bit. I don't know. Huh. Um, but uh, uh-huh. you know Baker Mayfield's playing great. Antoine Winfield uh, Jr. is playing great. Um, man, it, this is this is such a tough one to call. I do think I do think the Eagles will win. Yeah, I got to take the Eagles to win. But man, this is this is a tough one. Um, the Eagles are not a lock to return to the big show like uh, like they were looking for a large part of this season. Um, I don't think that they're going to lose Monday night. I think they move on, um, but uh, I can't can't take the Eagles to go all the way. Um, man, this is, this is going to be a good game, and uh, and you do have two. Former OU quarterbacks going head to head. That's going to be a fun aspect of the game for for someone like myself. Um, I get to cheer for for a former OU quarterback the entire game. There'll always be one on offense. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess uh, what I'm trying to say is I I, I would like it if the I, I like what the Buccaneers are doing. Um, they're just playing better football going into this weekend. But yeah, something something tells me that Eagles roster is going to rally. They're going to make it past Wild Card Weekend, uh, but probably not much further than that. Yep, that's kind of how I feel too. And um, I'll take Philly just because I think they actually are good on the road. However, I am worried because Jalen Hurts, what broken right finger? Did he break it? I can't can't remember what I saw on on the um, the game on Sunday when they lost to New York. But he, I think he broke his finger, and he's questionable. Um, Sidney Brown, rookie safety from Illinois for Philly, is out, torn ACL. Um, and their secondary's been very bad this year. Um, right. Well, and that's, and, that's kind of you know, the, the way I see it going. If, if Baker Mayfield gets hot, uh, that, that could be what tips the scales for the Bucks. Um, cause if he can just start slinging it against that secondary, 
they'll have a chance. Uh, but that's a big if. Yep. Yeah, it sure is. It's, it's a lot to ask for. And um, at the end of the day, I don't think you can bet against Philly just because it is Philly. However, um, they're about as vulnerable as they can get. And it wouldn't surprise me if they're upset. Let's just put it like that. So I, I agree. Um, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I'll take Philly. Um, spread three. Probably be close. But I think they went by a touchdown. I think they just kind of pull away and over under 43 and a half. I'll take the over slightly. Maybe like a 23-20 game, 24-20. So just slightly over, you know. I think I just think the secondary is just vulnerable. But Baker, I don't know if I can trust him in the playoffs. And I certainly don't know if I can trust Jalen Hurts with a broken finger. And he turned the ball over 23 times during the regular season. More than Thanks. one, almost one, almost well, one and a half a game. So that's that's a lot. That's a lot to put your, your defense back out there. And your secondary is that bad. And it wouldn't surprise me if they get in trouble quick. Um, but if they just run the ball and they keep doing that, I think I think Philly will be okay. So, Super Wild Card Weekend's in the books, man, at least in our minds. We picked all the games. We're, we're moving on to the divisional round. Baltimore and San Francisco will be waiting patiently to see who they're playing next week. Trevor, do you have anything for the patient listeners um, to cap off our night with here? Uh, just that I'm, I'm anxious to get my way too early Super Bowl prediction in there. I think this is Baltimore's year. Um, I'm going to be excited about all these matchups. I'm going to soak up as much good postseason football as I can. Uh, because as, as I said last year, the, the dark times are right around the corner um, where we're going to be starved for this sort of content. Um, and these are, these are good teams, good matchups. Uh, but, uh, but I'm going to say it now. I think uh, think Baltimore holds the Lombardi Trophy at the end. Um, <laughs> Buffalo is a uh, Super Bowl <laughs> dark horse, so I'll just uh, I'll put that out there in the universe and see what happens. There you go, <laughs> there you go, and that's how I, that's that's what we think here. Well, and, uh, folks, you can always listen to everything and like and subscribe and review the podcast. Please share to your friends. Let everybody know we're out here. We'll be sharing on some social media platforms per usual. You need to find it, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the good things out there. And, uh, you know, we'll be cute, continue talking about the, the National Football League and the niche sport we cover here on this podcast. Um, until next time, we are out.